0: motorsport podcast network production hey everybody welcome along great to have you with me on the v8 sleuth podcast i'm Aaron Noonan i'm glad you've tuned in we've got another great episode here for you right now in our last long form episode i sat down with longtime supercars racer tony delberto to talk about his motorsport career and on this episode we continue the story Now, this second part of our chat covers off a range of topics, um, primarily from the last decade since he stopped racing in supercars full-time. Tony opens up about the heartbreaking reason why his first supercars podium came on one of the saddest days of his life, that infamous 2019 Bathurst race, and that infamous Debris Debris situation, as well as his experiences in TCR, and we get stuck into the National Motor Racing Museum Couch Racer questions, and TD tackles the top 10 shootouts. So let's barrel into it. Buckle up. It's time to start part two of Tony Delberto on the V8 Sleuth Podcast. So there was two years with the Ford. Then you went back to, for Car of the Future, you went back to Walkinshaws with one of their cars. Um, Did it for a year and then that was it. So there was a, I remember you qualified front row Winton. Yeah. That was nearly your first podium. I think you finished fourth. Yeah. Was that your best, was that the first podium that got away? Because that was a real standout pop-up. Result uh, wherever, and that was the weekend Moffat and Caruso yeah. got the one too, and then you did that I think on the Sunday. Yep. Um. It was it was a real changer that year. Yeah. For
1: car of the future changer like car of the future was a bit of a leveler, and we being with Walkinshaw, they'd done the reason we went that path is because we had a relationship, but they'd done so much testing. Like I think they had the first car of the future car the year before we went racing, and they were doing so much testing. We thought, well surely they're, they're going to be down the, the track so on other people. So you elected to leave the FBR yeah. thing? Yeah.
0: Because then – so for that year they ended up with their, the Pepsi cars, Reynolds and – oh, Charlie Schwerkop Yeah. Went there with the Joe Jowen car. But yep. you elected to yeah, – Yeah, we were elected to move on. Well. So yep.
1: the, the relationship there was fine. Like mm. it was a good customer relationship. We got a, a lot of good results with those guys as well. We had a lot of um, shootout appearances and you know, top fives and things like that. Like we were – I used to compare myself against, you know, Reynolds, who was sort of my teammate. And there's a lot of times when we would match those guys, and that was when they were like, you know, right mm-hmm. in the front, winning mm-hmm. races. Will Davison, you know, Frosty, all those guys, right at the top of their game. And you know, to start with, yeah, we we sort of took a little bit to get going, but you know, we got some great results in the end. But then going across to the Shore Car of the Future, I feel like it was the right car to be in and the right team to be in because early in the year we got some really strong results. And that sort of kept a bit of momentum, we got a bit of confidence and ended up putting together probably my best year in, in supercars as a single car operation. Um, all the way to the last round um, at Newcastle, no, not Sydney. Newcastle, Sydney, yep. um, where you know, we qualified in the shootout for our last event. You know We were right at the front of the field. And then to like shut the doors, it sort of felt like you know we weren't quite done,
2: mm. but
1: we had to. We honestly had to. We just—it was a really hard decision, obviously, for my family because they want to try and help and do the best thing by me. But they just couldn't do it anymore. Like it was just, like I said before, the costs were horrendous, and you know the support from the category just wasn't there at the time. We had to pull up sums
2: mm.
0: If there's a silver lining to these clouds in motor racing land. There's two retirement or there's two phases of a driver's career. There's full time, but in tennis or footy or whatever, there's one and that's it. But you can then become a co driver. And then you can drive good cars and you can do a couple of big races a year and you can do some other stuff. And that's what you've been able um, to do since then. But before we get into that sort of next phase, what would you do differently? I mean you can't go back, you can't change it and there's no guarantee if you did change it that the outcome is the same, better or worse. But looking back on it now in that whole do-it-yourself period, is there anything along the way that you think you should have done differently that you could have implemented that you should have changed?
1: I think like my my young son Oscar is doing some karting now and I feel so much more prepared for what's ahead of him if we go down that path. We were doing it from scratch. You know, we didn't have any experience. Like we might have had some uh, interest in car racing and some mechanical experience and things, but as far as nurturing a race driver, we didn't. Um, so I don't regret that we did it as a family and I'm really proud of what we've done. But if you're looking at just pure drive performance, I would probably do it a different way. You know, I think as I mentioned earlier about placing a driver in the best team, So all they do is focus on driving and let the team worry about preparing the car and, uh, you know, setting the car up and, you know, utilising all their expertise and giving feedback to me and helping me grow as a driver, I think you'd progress a lot quicker. I think you get to that end game quicker than the way we did it. Um, I think it's the way we did it is probably obviously there's a a bit more certainty to where you're going, Mm. but it's a longer approach mm. to you know placing yourself in a team you know getting back to you know wink up you know they try to do their own thing okay this isn't working in formula ford mm. let's go where people are winning and he went boom one Solid. races yeah. yeah so that would probably be the only thing you know align yourself with the right team right people right equipment and try and get a seat in in those teams because you know, obviously the drive makes a difference, but motorsport is so equipment based,
0: and you don't know what you don't know as well.
1: Well, when mm. I when I uh, again I'm going forward, but when I rocked up at DJR, then I knew how much I didn't know <laughs> because the team, you know, they're operating at such a high level. I thought to myself, "How we're never going to compete with this? Yeah, what ever, were we? <laughs> ever."
0: We were kidding ourselves. <laughs> we didn't didn't know it. We just didn't know it. So there was two years that you went walk and shore as an enduro driver with yep. Tim Slade in the super cheap car, and there was that memorable day on the Gold Coast where you got your first podium. We talked about nearly getting it in yep. thirteen at Winton, but you actually didn't finish third. You and Slade, but he was cooked. He was in la la land because yeah, he's that was my fault. He's what did you do? Did you <laughs> unplug the cool suit?
1: No, i I'd, I'd hit the. Um, inside wall at turn two.
0: Off the chicane.
1: Yeah, off the chicane. So I've gone off the kerb
0: at turn two. And we're in the Gold Coast 600 era yes. of two drivers per car.
1: And I'd hit the um, the passenger door and I'd wreck the door, right? So when, when I came in after my oh, stint. I remember this now. Yeah, they couldn't yeah. fill up the ice for the cool Because they couldn't open suit. the door because yeah. you had caved it. So Slady hops in. And I think he's a bit susceptible to some of this heat stuff. Like he's the fittest guy in the world but... He seems to have, it's affected him a few times now. And he's a bit more, you know, meat on his bones like (laughs) us. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, we were comfortably in a podium spot. Like we were really quick, you know, and that was the benefit again of like me just jumping out of full time. You know, I was in the same car that I raced the year before. Um, uh, You know, we were quick, whatever. But as the race went on, he just started taking weird lines and he was losing so much time to Frosty behind him. And I'm like, everyone's looking at it going, oh, you know, Frosty's coming at him. Do you think he's he needs to press on a bit? And I'm thinking, there's something not right here. Like he's all over the place. It's like he's not even there. And then to see Frosty whack him out of the way in the like last corner. So we're going to get a podium here. Like I'm I'm losing my mind. Like I'd actually got out of my race suit and then – they're like, you're going to have to get back in your race suit because you're going to have to be on the podium. So I'm quickly trying to put my race suit back on. And then the last corner gets knocked out of the way. Frosty drives past him. We finish fourth. And I'm, like, devastated.
0: In your race suit.
1: Absolutely to, no devastated. Podium to go
0: to. Fourth again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, Slady comes in and you could see, like, he was absolutely cooked. You know, I remember, like, saying to mates, all right, don't worry, you know, like, trying to... He was not supportive. making
0: sense. Like it was almost at the point where they probably shouldn't have tried to interview him after no. the race because he was well, I remember he made fried. a bit of sense
1: after the race to me when he goes, just get me an effing drink. <laughs> <laughs> so we got him some water, tried to cool him down. And then, you know, we got the the, the news that, you know, their positions have been changed. And they,
0: and they, ha- they did it pretty quickly. They yeah. looked at it very quickly and said, no, that's a bump and run. So I think Rihanna was. was I think it was. An, it was they,
1: yeah, she
2: told you on the air, didn't
0: yeah. she?
1: Yeah, and then she, well, she had to tell Frosty. Oh, hang on. Oh, we'll you're head. actually off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay, you know. <laughs> he wasn't thrilled. He wasn't happy. Um, but yeah, we got got a podium, and that that was awesome, you know. And um, that day, um, man, it's pretty personal. But this is what we do on the sleuth, mm, right? That's what we're here. That's what we do. So, Steph was actually pregnant at the time, and that day she'd rung me and said, oh, I've had a miscarriage. So like I remember being in the morning, being on the phone to my mum, telling her about this, like in tears. Mm. So we'd actually already planned my flight home on the Sunday, like straight after the race to to get back, right? So I'd gone from like being really upset in the morning to then on the podium, like best moment of Mm. my racing career. It was just the emotions were... You know, one extreme to the other, massive high at the end of the day, but then trying to keep it in check, knowing what's going on at home, and
0: no one else knows those. No one else knows things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, this great day of your <laughs> career, is a horrible day in your personal yeah. life. So it's yeah. the world has a weird way of
1: yeah, exactly merging
0: all those things together at the same. Well, it time was pretty and, tricky, uh, yeah.
1: to be honest, to gather your thoughts and go and try and do the job. And like I'd, I'd only told, I think. um Uh, Berger I think Berger was the only one I was the head of yeah
0: well at the time yep
1: and I remember JC had links with Virgin at the time and they were trying to help get me a flight out straight after the race so basically on the Sunday I did my stint and then got on a plane flew home hmm um, before so the end of the race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And actually Sladey was on for I was going to say Sladey had been cooked was, the day before. Yeah, but... he it, was going to have to just charge on. And I think we still finished fourth in that race. Like we had a really strong good. day. It was from memory. It was yeah. still a solid one. Yeah, so um, it was almost to the point we would have to turn around and go back, get on the podium. <laughs> <laughs> no, I couldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be in strife. He gets
0: stru- two trophies <laughs> if that happens. So, yeah, it's, it's those scenarios that, you know, I guess sometimes the fans watching at home or listening to pods or following it on the web. I think that's also the thing that a lot of people forget is that they're so keyed into drivers and teams and people they see on TV being entities like footballers too, but they actually forget that there's people, they're people who, yeah, they're wearing a fireproof suit or a sponsored shirt or a helmet or whatever, but it comes with all those real life, everyone's got stuff going on. Yep basically is probably the best way to, to describe it. So I think sometimes people need to stop and have a think about that with oh, – Some of the
1: stuff that gets said is crazy yeah. on social media. Yeah. You know, and and actually – yeah, it's – yeah. Half the time, like um, obviously I'd look after my own social stuff but – and and most of the time people are pretty good on your own stuff but it's like when – Well, because they
0: follow you because they like you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But, you know, like let's say Speed Cafe or whoever put a, a story up – and we're know. not
0: Slag and Speed Cafe no. I no. just you know, a, a media
1: outlet. Yeah, or supercars or whatever. Us, could be anyone, yeah. And uh, you see some of the replies and you think, you would not say that to me <laughs> if you saw me in the street. Surely Honestly. Not. Like Surely it's not. Cra- I, don't, yeah. I can't get my head around um, what people are thinking and why they feel in, uh, necessary to say that stuff about mm. somebody. Mm. Oh, I mean, don't and Search from, me. I'm um, – you know, obviously, don't cop it as hard as some of the other guys, I and mean, you know, like like mustard and some of those guys have copped a lot of social hate. It's just crazy. Mm. Absolutely, mm. we got we're going off track, but well, well, well you we're know. actually
0: not because this is actually leading to something I want to talk to you about. Pack the Easter eggs; it's nearly time for the high tech oils Bathurst six hour, the biggest production car race in the land. Heads to the mountain Easter weekend, March twenty nine to thirty one. There's over 60 cars, yes, 60 cars, entered in the main race. A pile of support categories, three big days of on-track action. Adult three-day passes are 50 bucks. Single-day tickets even cheaper. It's the perfect way to spend your Easter weekend. For more info, visit bathersixhour.com.au. The Walkinshaw period where you had a couple of years... Then you went to DJR Team Penske and I think there's a lot of people who went, Delberto Pensky. hmm. <laughs> but you're still there. Like that's become your I- a really long period. But to link back to the last topic, you were driving with Fabian in 2019 in that race that, you know, it's still talked about on socials and online yeah. with Debris Debris and Scotty's winning and the engine issue and Fabian slowing down and all that sort of stuff. Did you get dragged into some of that too? I mean you were kind of the forgotten guy in that whole scenario.
1: I really was. I, I, that, that was a shit day. Yeah. It really was and unless, and I say this with my hand on my heart, unless Fabian was in a different meeting or pre briefed to what I was, there was never any discussion about, you know, if this happens, we're going to say this and we want you to slow down and do this or whatever, Never ever, unless I just, you know, wasn't part of that conversation. So it was as big a surprise to me as it was to everybody. I remember being in the motorhome and I'd done my stints. We were looking good. Like I think Scott was first, we were third and we're like, cool, double podium, happy days. Mm. And I remember the, you know, the safety car came out and uh, Scott and Jamie go blasting down the straight. And I'm looking and I'm looking. see, so you're watching
0: on TV? I'm watching on TV. Yeah.
1: And I'm looking. You know, they've come out of the elbow, gone past. Like it seemed like an eternity. Because it was. Yeah. Looking, yeah. looking, looking. And then Fabs comes and he's got the whole field banked up behind him. And I'm What's like. What's
0: your initial impression?
1: I'm like, what, the, what are we doing? What is going on? Do we have a problem? So I remember running from the motorhome to the pits and I went up to Ryan's story I said, what is going on? We're going to get in trouble for this, aren't we?
0: So you're thinking this is deliberate, not we've got a problem and our car's buggered well, and I, rolling Well, to the start with
1: I was just trying to work out what's going on mm. and like I, I, knew, I know as, as good as anybody, if you back the field up like that, you're going to get in trouble.
2: Mm.
1: It's against the rules. Yeah. And it was said to me, don't worry about it, all good, you know, we'll be fine. Okay. So I'm like, believe them. Mm. These are my go- the guys that my bosses, and I've got a huge amount of respect for, and you go, okay, mm. no worries. Mm. no dramas. Mm. Um, and then obviously it all went down. Fabian pitted. There was literally people like team owners running out in pit Lane swearing at Fabian as he's coming down because they knew what was happening.
0: And it had affected their, team their race yeah. yeah, and in some instances, it had affected some of their cars. Actually, in a positive way. Yes. But true. I don't think they realised that at the time.
1: True, true. I mean, so, yeah, some people won out of it. and But there's obviously some big losers. And in the end, we were a massive loser of it.
0: Mm. Well, because you got a drive through. And then, of course, in the aftermath of it all, put back in the last in the race yeah, and yeah. a fine. And, and then it went with that.
1: But I remember, you know, as the race unfolding, uh, there was a huge amount of chat on social media about it. And there was a story that came up on my phone uh, mid nah, like oh, right race. No, there's like the right at the end of the race. And it was something about how, you know, uh Fabian had caused or he were he had contributed to helping Scott win the race, you know? And Fabs goes out of the car, a good friend of ours, Andrew Jansen, is in the motorhome with us and we all go and see Fabs and we're like, dude, this is big. Mm. Like this is huge. And and again, to this day, Fabian swears to me and we're friends that he knew nothing about this. And he said, he's like, what do you mean? What do you mean what's going on? I'm like, mate, there's so many people teeing off about this. Like mm. this is big, right?
0: But, but he didn't understand it. He didn't see.
1: I don't know if he didn't understand it but.
0: Because he's just been in the car doing what he's been told.
1: told. Doing what he's been told.
0: Being loyal, being.
1: Well, he. You know if you're following if, orders
0: he's, he's an employee of the business
1: yeah I mean and I, I never got too involved in how it went off I didn't really mm. want to know mm. um, but I don't think to be honest it was as it looked very blatant, but I don't think it was like preempted or it was uh, pre-planned you know before the event or I don't know how you would do that I'm, I'm not sure.
0: But there were peculiarities. Hundred percent. The radio discussion, but it, pronunciation.
1: Yeah, but and, you you know what it's like. Nunes. you you can uh, put together something and uh, make it sound a certain way. Yeah, you know, right, totally. Or, yeah, or yeah. the other way, well, yeah, depending yeah, on one. what yeah, you yeah. want, when, yep. how you want it to be portrayed. Totally. Right? So, but I do remember, you know, Fabs had to stay back at the track really late. And you know, the stewards, and there was all sorts of hearings and all sorts of stuff. He also had to report to Pensky. Yeah, you know, he was up most of the night talking with Roger, Tim. Yeah, you know, there was a. It was very serious. Mm. Yeah, you know, it was very very serious. And to be honest, like you said before, I I wasn't part of any of that. I didn't. I wasn't brought into it whatsoever. I was like the forgotten soul. The whole thing. Mm. I mean, I didn't play a part in it, but I can look you in the eye and honestly mm. say that. There was nothing on the lead up or anything like that that this is what we're gonna do or we're gonna help Scott or
2: nothing. Anything. Mm.
1: So it was a it was really crap. And mm. then, you know, you get back home mm. after a weekend like that, you know, we we're in a podium position until that point. And then you've basically been part of one of the most controversial finishes to a race. Um, you know, blamed by a lot of people. It, it's not a really very nice feeling. Mm. Um,
0: and we're saying that you, you basically escaped it because Fabian bore the brunt of it unheard. from a, a, a and, fan and perspective.
1: He he didn't, I mean, I'll let him talk about it, but I know that he didn't deal with that well. Mm. There was a lot of hate. There were death threats. Yeah. yeah, And it was, it was legitimate. Mm. So mm. he's a big tough guy, mm. you know. He, he won't tell with you. With wonderful hair. With wonderful hair. He won't tell you what he's thinking. Mm. But... You know, you do get affected by that sort of stuff.
2: Mm.
1: And what, oh, yeah. Anyway. No, how do you
0: not? A human. So human, human, human. So yeah, that's nineteen. I only I say that because of what we were talking about before with yeah socials and the and the stuff. And I mean, the topic is gonna because we've talked about it in this podcast. It's you know there's gonna be comment on socials and, and yeah. that sort of stuff. That's just part of the course. And I think one of the things that I, you know. Hang on, get my soapbox out. Hang on, <laughs> I really struggle with this, and we and the the media. I'm doing the inverted quotations here. Um, yeah. you can't can't see, see it, yet. but I'm doing it. Um, that I really gristle when I get the whole media's caused this because you wrote about it, you inflamed it, you talked about it. Well, no, something happened in a race, and you know this or anything yeah. else. We wrote about it because it's news. Everybody who's responding to that with comments or replies exactly. or whatever, you're responsible for your own actions. Yep. I didn't make you do it. The journalists of other media outlets didn't make you type what you typed. Yeah, um, It's absolute shit. Yeah, It's wrong. It's totally wrong, but we're not going to change it. No. are not going to change it. No. And sometimes in recent times, and I think we'll probably do it more, we turn the comments off. Yep. Because the reality is I don't pay my guys to sit there and admin, um, admin comments all day. Yeah. I want them to be getting on with the next job, writing the next story or ringing the next person or finding the next old cool race car or digging out the old stat but, or, or, or whatever because at the end of the day, I mean amazingly with the way that some court cases have gone in recent times, we can be liable yeah. because it's on our page. We didn't say it, we didn't do it, but it's there. That's crazy. Yeah, but there's, you know, so it gets to the point sometimes where you go, look, there's going to be a topic and we just go, we know people are going to kick off about this. Yeah. Shut the comments down. We're not stopping anyone from having free speech. You've got your own social platforms. Go and post your thoughts there. Yeah. But on our page, they're the reasons why we, we do it because we've got to get on with the next thing. Yeah.
1: And we know some topics will bring out the dickhead element. So, But in, in your case, you guys are looking for a response as well. You know, we want people to read our website. Exactly. You know, if it's all just, you know, mundane, stuff people already know, it's not controversial, you won't get clicks and there is, no, you know, no, totally. a strategy for but, you guys. But there,
0: there is, but there's also a line. There's some stuff we don't write about yeah. or we will debate internally whether we, and we've, <laughs> we've gone on to another topic here, but we will, it's about having a hook. Yeah. And and the other miss. Yeah, clickbait, mate. Seriously, we don't do clickbait. Go and have a look at Daily Mail and yeah. all that stuff. That's clickbait. Yeah. There's a very big difference between that and doing a headline that gets the reader's interest to want to click and go, oh, what's this all about? Yeah. Read the story. Rather than giving the headline away or the story away in the headline, well, why would you click on
1: it? Exactly. But like
0: the old days, you know, in magazine times, you've bought the magazine. So the headline yeah. or the subheading doesn't he isn't trying to lure you in, you've already bought the copy, you've already spent your that's money. A good,
2: yeah, Whereas good with point.
0: a story on the website, um, you know, Tony D'Alberto opens up about topic X, yeah, rather than Tony Delberto says this, yes, well, they don't need to read the story, no, correct. Yeah, yeah. So, that's the aim of the game is to get people to yep. want to read our website. And I might like think we don't go, you know, sometimes we're a bit cheeky with some of those things, not in a bad way, but uh, yeah, I think that there's. You know, it's a two way street bet, but the ultimate thing is people are responsible for their own actions, and I will not change the viewpoint or the thought process on that. So, um, and, and that 2019 element, no matter, I mean, here we are in 2023, it's three and a half years on, but the vitriol is still as strong as ever. And it's, I think it's a great thing that people have a viewpoint because if everyone was the same, boring is bad shit. If everyone thought X and not Y, X, A, B, C, D, and F, boring. But there is a line to all that stuff. Anyway, anyway, we're, we're getting onto a whole other podcast topic here. <laughs> but you've made a really happy home yeah. at that place and you have delivered time and time again. I know it's only got you the one podium with Fabian in 17. No, there's been a lot of opportunities. There's though. been a lot of <laughs> near misses. So 18 was, you've done 18 Bathurst 1000s now. Oh. So which is the one that got away?
1: I don't know if there's a Bathurst 1000 that got away. I mean obviously uh, the podium, that was amazing. Tough conditions, you know, the day was really difficult. So even just keeping on the black stuff Mm -hmm. was an achievement. Um, Probably the one that got away from me was the Gold Coast 500, I want to say maybe 18 Mm -hmm. with Fabian. Mm -hmm. We were winning the race and I'd moff behind me and they ended up short fueling me because they were so tight in the championship with with Scott, they needed every point they could. So they basically were trying to get me out of the way. So they pitted me, short-fueled me, knowing I couldn't get to the end of the race, but gave me enough fuel that I wouldn't hold Scott up as he came in and, and fueled up. And we ended up having to, you know, uh, short-shift and we, we, we couldn't make it to the end base. He fell back through the field. We just didn't have enough fuel, mm. you know. That one for me was in the bag, You know, basically winning the race easily, Fabian would have uh, jumped in and finished the job off. No brainer. Um, That was a bit hard. That was a bit hard to accept. In at the end of the day, it was more of a team decision. Um, They needed every point they could get to try and win the championship. And I get that, but from a selfish point of view, Mm. I wanted to get a win and that was so close. And I Mm. felt that we'd done a really good job. And then yeah, to end up that way, I was pretty upset.
0: Mm. Mm. 112 Supercars Championship rounds, including the one that you practised but pulled out because you got chicken pot. <laughs>
1: Remember that? 2011, Holland?
0: 214 races, two podiums.
1: Not very good stats.
2: No, no, no. I'm leading this somewhere.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. This is a very different sport to um, it's akin to I think people have a different what is success. Yeah. You know, people won five championships and a hundred races, and it's a very different sport because not everyone can win. Yeah, you know, there's eight or nine rounds of AFL a weekend. Unless there's a draw, there's eight or this nine be winners. A winner. Exactly. Um, yes, there's only one team that wins the flag at the end of the year, but teams have won during the year, and everyone has a win. Well, not as many as some being a Hawthorne supporter or knowing that this <laughs> year, but that's the nature of this sport. So you know, people could look at those, and I don't read those numbers out. To belittle you or to, mm. to go, oh, zero from 214. It shows how tough this thing is. But my point being that it shows what it means if you get one. Yeah, for sure. So if you got one, and of course you get a few more chances now with Sandown being back on the calendar. Yeah. You, you were a one hit wonder there with Bathurst uh, only for the last couple of years. If you could win Bathurst, oh, stop looking at me <laughs> like that. Do you reckon you'd be done? Yeah, or I, do you reckon you'd be hungry to go for another one?
1: You know, I reckon it would be a really nice end to my racing career. Mm. Um, like I'm, I'm really satisfied with what I've done and what I've achieved. And I think we touched on it before about going from a paying driver to a professional driver. Whereabouts was that? Was so that, that into that, Enduros? That was uh, basically when our team finished and yep. I went into Super Cheap 2014. Mm-hmm. Um to get that opportunity to, to get paid to go car racing was sort of like there's a feather in my cap, you know, obviously respected enough for somebody to pay you to do a job. But what really um, so, solidifies. Solidifies. Solidified. Is that the one? Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. one. For me was when, you know, I was put into DJR and I lived through the or survived through the DJ, their Penske period. When you say
0: survived, you mean that they kept get, getting you back? Exactly. Like this is, And it was Penske.
1: A, a team or an organisation, they could pick from anybody they want, right? They had enough respect for me and they valued my contribution to the team enough to keep getting me back year after year, even when. So, you know, Luke Yordan was with Fabs and uh, that was when Scott – Scotty McLaughlin came in. He wanted um, uh, Premat. Hmm. So for me, I'm thinking, oh, okay, I'm done. You know, like Scotty's got Premat. Uh, and Luke and Fab's, Fabian have yeah, been they, they all together each for other.
0: a bit, yeah.
1: And in the end, the decision was made to keep me, which, you know, obviously not so good for Luke at the time. But he went on. He won Bathurst. Okay yeah. Actually, so you yeah. know, the things work out for a reason. Um, and you then you know, Fabian leaves the team as well. I think oh, I'm done again. You know, this is me. This is the end of my road, mm. and you know you get re-signed again. So you know, clearly they're happy with the job that you're doing, and that that was gives me a lot of confidence that they believe in me as a racing driver. So all that um, work that I'd done with my family and the lead up, all that apprenticeship, um, you know, I suppose people see the value in it now, and to get paid to go car racing is a big privilege. Mm. It's mm. a huge privilege. Yeah, um, there's not many people that can say they get paid to go and do something they love and, you know, in a sport that's so expensive and there's young guys out there and young girls that have, you know, got uh, financial backing behind them. They could take your seat if that's what the team was looking for. But, you know, I'm very lucky that DJR want me there for what I do as a job, you know, as a, with my experience and um, I love being part of the team. They are literally like family. Mm. You know, I go up there every... Uh, a few months, and you see the team, or you catch up with a race meeting. It's just like you know, you never left, sort of thing. Mm. So it, it's been a really great phase of my career, and um, you know, we've spoken about our family being Holden family, and to you know now be one of, with one of the best four teams in the country is sort of a bit strange, and probably something <laughs> my uncles probably can't get their head around. <laughs> um, but it's been probably the best part of my career. Mm. You know, I've I've loved. It being part of it during even during Scott's success with the team and Fabian's success when, you know, they're winning a lot of races. That was awesome to be part of that. You know, Teams that,
0: championships yeah. and you're contributing to part as part of that. So yeah. and you're part of a Penske history that's yep. you know, go and look at the names. It's it's a bloody good list and you're you're among it. You, yeah, you, 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 I mean a small part
1: of it, no yeah, doubt. But
0: you're there. Your name's on the list.
1: At the end of the day, like I said before, they could pick whoever they want. And it's just nice that they had that confidence in you to re-sign you each year.
0: Hmm. Do you have to go one year at a time?
2: The,
1: I mean, without getting into the nitty-gritty yeah, 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 of it, yeah, yeah. but it's very much on their terms. Yeah, you know, if you, they didn't. You've got to keep delivering. Good, yeah, you, so you can't
0: really have a dud year.
1: Let, let's say, uh, you know, I wanted to go somewhere, but they wanted to keep me. I couldn't do it. Mm. I couldn't mm. go anywhere. But if they didn't want me and I wanted to stay, bad luck.
2: Yeah, go <laughs> <on>. <laughs> you got <on. laughs> yeah.
1: um, it. But. It is a bit like that. And sometimes you feel like you're almost having an audition every year.
0: Yeah. But, but is that a good thing because it keeps you on your toes? You can't slack it off?
1: It, it does. But I think that surely there comes a time when the team go, you know, if you have a an off day or something happens, you go, well, for the last seven or eight years he hasn't done that. So Mm. maybe we'll cut them some slack this time. Mm. You know, like you Mm. you sort of built up enough respect within the team. and Yeah, a few Bernie points, a few few credits in the bank. Exactly. But it is very much like that. You know, you have the co-driver sessions and they are like a shootout. The (laughs) co-driver Grand Prix. The the co-drivers literally think that they're getting assessed on that session. Mm. You have to Mm. be the quickest, Mm. otherwise you're not going to be there next year.
0: Most important, half an hour of your motor racing career. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number 2, and oil and find out. Have you enjoyed TCR? I mean, you've been in it since the start, 2019, um, with the Honda Set up with Wally and the Civic Type R. It started with great momentum. Then, of course, COVID really smashed it. It's taken a while to took a while to get going when other motorsport got going again. What has it done for you? Because it's clearly you won the title, so that's good. Took you a while to get some races on the board. Like they were starting to rack up before you got some wins, and then they started flowing. What do you enjoy about it? What, What does it do for you? Could you still do the enduros without doing? that racing that you do? Because you have done other, you know, you did some GTs with Grand yep. Denia with the Ferrari. Yep. You do some of the Lambo stuff with the 12-hour, um, the TCR stuff. Um, there was the Mercs. Yep. Oh, that yeah. That was a few I, years ago now. So yeah, I mean, without being able to bolt those other bits together, do you reckon the supercar stuff would be too hard basket now?
1: I think uh, it keeps me sharp mm. and that's why I'm so active in trying to find sponsorship to go racing um, because outside of supercars, free drives are just you know, non-existent. Mm. It happens a little bit in GT world where, you know, you, you partner up with um, an amateur driver and the, who owns it. a car yep. and whatever. So yep. I do a bit of that with um, Adrian Dietz now. Prior to that I was doing it with Twiggy, uh, Max Twig. We actually won the endurance championship that year, The that component of the season. Um, but it, it, I always look to try and do extra stuff to keep my hand in. And when TCR came in, I wasn't – really that sold on it yeah front wheel drive i had no experience with it but i had like a a really small relationship with honda and that was through the business uh but it it was very small Mm. very small and actually the year before tcr came in i'd gone to see them about doing a production car um campaign So to convert a Civic Type R into production car. Full roadie spec. Yeah, because I'd done uh, a year there in the Lotus with Grant Denyer. That's
0: right. I forgot that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, maybe Honda would be interested in doing that. And they they said, look, we're not going to do it. Um, We only trust JAS to build our cars. So if it's not built by them, then the business isn't going to go for it.
0: Which is the engineering company in? Yeah. Italy in Italy they build the built Hondas yeah. previously did super touring cars and yeah so they do you know their the, um, you
1: know, the GT program all the TCR stuff so they're approved by Honda mm. basically mm. anyway so then TCR came on board and you know I still had that relationship and I floated the idea with them and I said listen just build this car that so ticks that box
0: <laughs> You're yeah, like I already know the boxes you want ticked here. <laughs>
1: And their, their thing back to me was we're not going car racing again. We've been burnt in the past. We're not doing it. Um, the business won't go for it. You know, they're a very conservative business. So the first year in TCR was very small sponsorship. And the rest of the year was sort of propped up with the category and other little sponsors and it was very like tight budget. It was just to try and get going, mm. to try and prove ourselves to Honda. And that relationship has just grown over the years to now where they want to do it like every year they come back and they want to do so it. So they're you first before yeah, you like there. It's yeah. just it's a great relationship now. And it's just grown over that time because of, you know, the the trust and in, in both, you know, myself, the team and you know, Honda as well. And to win the championship last year was just really nice to pay something back. You know, because they don't have huge budgets. You know, it's not like they've got money to throw at it. I've had to twist a lot of arms along the way (laughs) to to try and get them involved. And then to, you know, winning the championship, it was just a really nice thank you. And there was a few people leaving the business and it was like their last event and it just was really nice. So, um, but I I use all that stuff for extra mileage. And I think TCR itself, it's sprint races. So it's short, sharp, fierce racing with young guys that just uh, like me when I was their age.
0: <laughs> I was about to say that. Super yeah.
1: aggressive, take no prisoners, don't care about the damage. You know, for me now is I'm in a different um, stage of my career where, you know, I, I bring all the funding to this program, right? So if we go and write the thing off, someone's going to pay for it, mm. you know? So I try not to hurt the don't thing do too, many, yeah, yeah. too many times. But uh, it's a different approach and – uh, but I think when you compare TCR to GT racing where it's more a longer distance stuff, you just get into a groove, you circulate, finish the race off, whatever, whereas TCR is cutthroat. Mm. And I think it does keep me sharp, but it also shows DJR that I'm serious about being sharp for them as well.
0: Mm-hmm. So you're not just sitting back for nine months waiting yeah. for the next one.
1: Yeah, and not there's there's nothing in my agreement to say, Tony, you have to do some other racing otherwise we're not going to sign you. It's nothing like that. Obviously, it's they like it. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think it's in my own benefit though to be active and you know keep my hand in during the year as much as I can. So then when I get to Enduros, I'm ready to go. Mm. I don't want that to be my first race of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I remember during COVID when. The 1,000 was my first race for the year. I sat on the couch, sat in the simulator, which I was bloody hopeless at, and we were doing some commentary and we were, we all were sorts doing, of stuff. Well, we were doing the
0: TCR E-Series yeah. thing. can't remember what it was called. ARG E-Series or whatever it was. Yeah, that, was that, that, fun. that was a weird year. But it was a weird year, yeah.
1: I remember you know, going to the 1,000, hadn't sat in the car all year. Well,
0: I didn't even go to the 1,000. You were in didn't. front of me by well, it. Well,
1: I went to the Northern Territory too. Oh,
0: yeah. Did you sit in that um, yeah. camp for two weeks? Yep. Was that when Dale Wood was getting his guns out all the time? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Shocking, yeah. shocking. <laughs> I would if I could too. But that was actually a bit of fun. I, I remember um, they were talking about getting a house I think in Sydney or something, something like that, all the drivers, to quarantine before the event and I'm like, no, nah, I want to go see the team beforehand so I'm going to go to the ter- Northern Territory, you know, quarantine up there and then I can go to the team before. So I went to um, DJR, spent a week there, then I went to the 1000. And once I told a few people I was doing that, then suddenly everyone's the going idea. up there. So there was myself, there was Jimmy Golding, there was Garth, there was Dale, there was Caruso, Moth, there was heaps of us there. It was the there. co-driver compound. It was amazing. <laughs> it, it was actually like you couldn't do a lot other than get your shirt off and get some sun and do a bit of training, whatever. And um, it, it was very relaxed um, but it was it was fun time and, and just yeah, like... You'll never have a Bathurst preparation like that exactly. ever again. Ever so again. strange. Yeah. But getting back to what I was saying, you know, roll out for first practice session, man, the car felt like it was going a million miles an hour. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Computer game speed. It was like the first couple of laps I went around and I said to myself, don't go any faster now. Like you're driving beyond yourself. Like it's all just happening. Mm. And then once I'd done a, um, a pit stop come in and the guys are, you know sat in the garage for a second just cal- recalibrated for a sec and just calmed down, went out, then all felt natural again. Mm, mm. Like it was actually sh- funny how quickly he got back into the groove. Uh, but that first run out of pits, I remember sitting behind Lounsey and Garth and a couple other boys because we were um, the second team in pit lane and they were just hell for leather going for it. And I'm like, I'm going to crash if <laughs> I go any faster. <laughs> I'm not <right> ready
0: <laughs> I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Are you worried uh, about the future of TCR? I mean, there's not many cars in it this year. It's been, what, 13? Yeah. There's not, okay, Lincoln Co., there's been a few other newies popping up, but there's plenty more cars in the country that are not on the grid. Yeah. Uh, I I think we need to have a solid second-tier circus, which is the Speed Series as it's currently deemed, and there's, you know, the TCM stuff and GTs and TCR and Trans Am, and I think it's really important that there's this other second thing that's floating around, it's it's not supercars, it doesn't have to be. Yeah. But I'm I'm a bit worried yeah. and it's not just because of the grids at Phillip Island either. I sort of go, well, I'm interested in your take because you've got a vested interest yeah. in it.
1: Yeah, I mean I've been there from the start. Yeah. The yeah. very first round. Sydney
0: Motorsport Park 2019.
1: I remember our, our good friend, friend Grant Rowley. You got the first pole, didn't you? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, Grant uh, sort of convinced me to get involved. He, he was the, the guy behind, you know, uh, the marketing and, you know, hype around trying to get this mm. off the ground. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure, not sure. Anyway, we, we get involved. I've seen the growth. I've seen how good the television package is, the amount of laps you get on a race weekend. Um, it is, okay, it's, it might not be supercar spec, but it doesn't need to be.
2: No,
0: no. Um, how much of, and this is a great question for you because of the way you you do your deal to make yeah. this program happened is being on stand choking you out in terms of the 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 numbers are not big they're not big at all you're behind a paywall and it's not the biggest motorsport paywall that there is does that hurt it to the point where
1: not really when you look at some of the numbers that they're getting it's actually pretty good like the television
0: from the free-to-air element component well well, it might
1: be it might be i'm not exactly
0: sure. But 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 as long as sponsors are happy and brands are happy to be involved. So every year with Honda,
1: right, they they have to justify it. Mm. They have to do their return on investment and they have to justify it internally. So all those numbers are super important and it does stack up for them to be involved.
0: Mm. Um, We see you drive your Honda Civic Type R. We see you drive your Shell Mustang or sorry, your Shell V-Power Mustang. Got to get it right. (laughs) What's your day job when you're not doing that? People want to know, what, what is yeah. Tony V doing apart from being a dad or husband?
1: It's what busy. are you doing? What's your go? So I'm back involved in our family business now. Which is? Which we it's now known as Centaur Products. Before it was Belmont nominees. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is
0: Centaur that was on your race car yeah, back in the many years ago. 2010, sort of the
1: white Commodore era. Yep, yep, yep. so still alive. Uh, and the business has evolved quite a bit. We still do a lot of paint work, but we're doing more – automotive manufacturing in a small way. So one of our biggest jobs is for the Victorian police. So we build the pod that sits on the back of the Divvy van that the, you get picked up on So if you've ever been Saturday locked night,
0: up in a Divvy van, yep. you're riding in one of Tony Lee's family <laughs> company creations.
1: Exactly. So when when uh, a lot of the paintwork uh, dried up many years ago. Oh, that's a nice paint pun you've got there. There you yeah, go. Not bad. Um, there was the opportunity to get involved in this program and it was – back then the pods were on a commodore ute mm, mm. so that's a so just like a tender
0: you got to go in and tender well,
1: well, for it it wasn't sort of thing, at the time it was, time. It was I, I don't exactly know how it started it was more uh, i think the company that was doing it through the gfc sort of struggled and vic Pol were looking for someone new and we sort of fit fit the bill quite well because we had painting we had assembly a little bit of fiberglass experience at the time Um, so we sort of had all those elements or ingredients and it just sort of grew from there. Mm. So uh, the the pods have gone through different evolutions. So they started on the Commodore Ute and that same pod, like the the part where the prisoner sits in the cell part is still- Alleged prisoner. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, some Uh, of them are, some of them are not, (laughs) yeah. Uh, that cell is actually still going today.
0: Oh really? It just fits on top of other. So,
1: stuff. we we do like a new body kit for it. So at the moment we're going through a program for the new Ranger. Uh, so obviously the Holden doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. So it went Commodore Ute, Colorado, then Holden, you know, shut shop, and then it went to the Ford Ranger, and now it's gone to the new gen Ford Ranger as mm-hmm. well. So this car is slightly longer, slightly wider. So we've had to put like a body kit on our pod to make it sort of look integrated into the vehicle because mm. Ford really wanted to look part of the, yeah, of the vehicle. Like so, it's
0: rolling out know, of the production line.
1: Yeah, like exactly. Um, so the rear quarters, uh, they're fiberglass, but they look like the steel ones from factory. So mm. a lot of people think we just put the pod in the, in the tub, mm. but it's not. The whole tub comes off and, you know, the, the pod sits on the chassis and, yeah. Mm. So that's fully integrated into the car. So there's... Uh, aircon there's cameras there's all sorts going on a lot so, of safety here so do,
0: do you get the cars to your place then yep. you put it on yep yeah so it's not a case of you supply them and they do it it's you do it all you send us the cars we'll do it yeah so
1: yep. when when we need cars i just go to contact a Ford Yeah. right i need five more cars and they they put cars aside for us for this program we bring the cars in we put the pot on integrate it then we'll go to a dealer just to get a uh, final fit out goes to Vicpol get stick it up and then Turn it's on, on the road police car. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And how many people were working in this business? Like how big is this?
1: Ah, uh, we we've got about 35, 35 full-time staff, um, which isn't huge compared to what we used to have.
2: Mm. Uh,
1: but aside from the the police pod stuff, we still do a lot of a lot of spray painting. So we do work for Walsallshire. Uh we just did the Volkswagen program for them. They did like a front grill um, jazz up of their Navar um the Amarok. Amarok. Yep. Uh, we do a bull bar for the Navara for a company called Premcar. Uh, we do a, a tractor bonnet. For, you know, like a, It's called Gold Acres, this company, right? Mm. And you know like a John Deere. Yeah, so you yeah. got the big wheels and the yeah, little yeah. bonnet sort of yeah. thing. So it's basically like one of those. So we build the bonnet from scratch out of fiberglass, assemble it all, paint it, and, and ship it to them in Ballarat.
0: Good place. Good <laughs> place. Bloody cold. Believe me, <laughs> I grew up
1: there. So we've got all these different elements yeah, you to got the to business. Everything. It's all going on. Uh, hey, what's and what's your
0: what's your gig in all this? What's uh, your official title?
1: I don't know if I Chief have one. Chief pod bloke? No. No, they're not, I'm not on the tools. <laughs> bloody hell. Actually, during COVID. They, oh, they
0: let you on the tools? Well,
1: I was doing a lot of driver training. So between racing, I was doing a lot of driver coaching and that's how I'd make additional money. Mm, mm. Then COVID hit. No more of that. All that stopped. But it was like a perfect break off for me to get back involved in the business because during COVID, being an essential service for Victorian police, we didn't stop.
0: Mm. So had you not been in the business before COVID?
1: I had when I first left school. Right. And then I was going to become a racing driver. Yeah,
0: exactly. No time for real work. Exactly.
1: So then I left the business and uh, I hadn't been there for 10 years or whatever. So uh, it was a perfect time for me to get back involved, but I had to get in the ground floor. And I was literally, uh, you know, spray suit on, I was helping build the pods, fiberglass up to my eyeballs, itchy <laughs> as hell. Um, and I did that for at least probably a year and a half before I moved out of that role. And it was actually really good for me to learn. Hands on. Yeah, just, just to get back deal. into the business. Yep. And it wasn't like glamorous whatsoever. Mm. You guys uh, wouldn't recognize me, honestly. No, no, no. Just might see your eyes. And see my it. eyes. But, you know, like as a lot of people know, I like to – do my hair and, you know, be fresh shaved. I mean, and and you know, you know too much, exactly. Uh, but I was like in the trenches, mate, in the trenches, just uh, doing my thing and learning. Uh, but now I suppose I'm in a management role and, I mean, I, I look after purchasing and scheduling, but being the boss's son, I'm <laughs> sort of like the sounding board for a lot of things. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I'm on a big apprenticeship now, you know, I'm, I'm trying to learn how the business works and, um, It's a bit scary at times, but, uh, you know, to see some of the financial pressures and things you're juggling and Mm. staffing's really hard, you know, uh, keeping everybody happy. Everyone's got opinions, (laughs) egos, (laughs) just trying to gel it all together. And I I would say that's probably a strength of mine from my motorsport, you know, trying to get a team working around you and working in your direction Mm. the best you can. It's not always perfect. Um, so I think I compliment my dad in that way because he comes from the old school where mm. it's like, this is what we should be doing and, you know, uh, probably a bit more strict and uh, to the point, whereas I'm probably a bit softer and whatever. And that's how probably people want to be dealt with these days. Mm. So, you know, we, we work well together and we always have worked close. Is it a bit of good cop, bad cop? It is a bit, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. we've also, we, we've always worked Well, together. You know, like sometimes father and son, they they don't get along. It just doesn't mesh. Yeah. uh, We're not like that at all. So, uh, in the business, there's always been dad and his brothers. Mm. They've done everything together, Mm. right? Now they're retired. Their brothers are retired. They want to quieten down, but my dad's still pushing on. Pushing on. Absolutely, 100%. So, you know, his plan is to obviously take over the business and. Um, we keep, For you. We keep pressing on. Well, I suppose at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day. But so that's my uh, nine to five. It's actually mm. seven till three, yeah. seven <laughs> till four some days. Uh, it's very busy. And then when you add in the racing side of things, kids, mm-hmm. wife, mm-hmm. Uh, and just all the family things, you know, it's, I've never been busier than I am right now.
0: And the funniest thing is that I talk to so many guys who have been full-time in supercars <laughs> and, and end up, you know, co-driving, putting together other deals. As they get older, they've got kids, they've got families, they've got lots of commitments, business stuff going on. And they go, oh, jeez, I'm so busy now. Take yeah. me back to, you know, whereas well, they would have told you 10, 15 years ago how busy they were. Well, that's what I'm laughing You, oh, you at. went for a run and you that's what I'm Oh, you at. made some calls and you went to the workshop. Because, like, you know, when I was full-time, easy,
1: you'd easy. come out this way, noons, and you go bike riding down Beach Road mm. and you'd have breakfast. you're a tough gig. You know what I mean? Tough
0: gig, now you got a real job.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So trying to fit everything in, try and do some exercise as well, you know, and, and keep that side of it happening. You're going and okay, you're going okay. It's, it's, right. um, it's a very busy balance and my wife, she's got a uh, very demanding job as well. So, yeah, you know, gone well, are the look, days.
0: Look, what having to do with you, that's a pretty that's demanding, demanding job. That's very yeah, yeah.
1: Gone are the days of, you know, your wife stays home, look after the kids and all that stuff. Both are working. Mm. It's full on. Mm. You know, we've got child cares, we've got after-school care, before-school care. It's it's chaos. There's
0: lots of juggling, lots of juggling. Hey, a couple of ones before we finish up here. We love to talk about history on this pod. We've done a fair bit of it on this episode and across these two parts. I love to ask people about memorabilia. Either people in motor racing are hoarders, keep everything, throw nothing away, or don't give a shit, don't have anything, nothing left. I've got a feeling, knowing you, you're in Hordeville. You're a keeper. Is that true? Is that right? I'm guessing. Um, I'm
1: as I get older, yep. I'm getting more sentimental. Okay, right. So,
0: so, so I'm, I'm, what's your most prized bit of memorability? Do you keep your suits? Do you keep your helmets? Have you sold some? Given some away? I, do, I or used what to do sell you, a little you, bit. I used yeah. to
1: sell some of my helmets, and I, I'm spewing about it now. You mm. know, I don't like to keep everything, but I've got and I've only recently done this like last year, I've got all my DJR shell suits and they're all framed and they're all on display. I've got like a bit of a man shed Mm. all on display. Um, I've got my Honda suit, obviously I've got my championship, uh, GMAC, um, super two suit. Um, and I've got helmets that mean something to me as well. I keep all my trophies, Peter Brock trophy, definitely Mm -hmm. or the, the, uh, Bathurst 1000 trophy. Um, so some of the big ones I keep, but I don't keep every hat under the sun and,
0: yeah. You didn't keep any panels off the Vectra from the Dutton Grand Prix <laughs> Dutton Rally from a few years ago with our <laughs> close friend Grant Rally. He was, oh, he was yeah. driving then, wasn't he?
1: He was driving oh, and, he, and he, uh, yeah, we went and did the Dutton Rally. This is like 2000 and So long ago. Four, five, so six. Long ago. And, my, and my great uncle Ezio, who, who ran the whole dealerships, was good enough to organise a car for us.
0: A, vector, a silver Vectra, wasn't yep. it? Yeah.
1: And I think the problem in the end was I don't know whether my uncle had informed Holden of what we were doing with the car. Oh, okay. Awkward. So I think they thought we were just uh, driving this car from point to point and we, but we were actually doing motor in this thing and like driving the Competitive off, little like, stages yeah. as part of the Grand uh, No, it wasn't
0: the Grand Prix rally by that stage but it was the Dutton rally.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we did like, it was like a um, Decker course or whatever it is. Was is it Shepherd? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the there, driver training center. Yeah. yeah. So I'd done my run, got a time, whatever. And then Grant hops in, our good friend Grant. He's done a bit of go karting, mm. but I don't know if he's, his glasses dropped down or something. But
0: Some, there was red mist or, it, he fog or, or something. He ran out of
1: talent big time. And I remember standing on the side of the track watching, and he's come through the last corner. And on the outside of the corner was an electrical box. And he's come through the corner and those those uh, courses had a bit of gravel on them, Like, you know, they probably weren't that clean. And he's got all this steering lock on. So I can see the the front wheels like f- full lock trying to turn around the corner. And instead of him getting out of the throttle and just, you know, admitting defeat, I'm not going to get through this corner properly, he's tried to press on with it.
0: So he had the whole it's front wheel drive, it'll pull it'll it straight. It'll
1: be fine. Get on the gas, pull it out.
0: Which normally front wheel drive, that's the plan. So but there wasn't much room, There was just like,
1: no grip there. Yeah. And then he's got onto the grass and he's kept trying to save this thing. He could have straightened the wheel and gone on the other side of this uh, electrical box, but no. He's just fought this thing to the end and he's hit the electrical box that hard that the car's gone up on two wheels and, like, finished up on the electrical <laughs> box. Like, turn, <laughs> push this thing over. <laughs> and his face, like, when we got out of the car, was just priceless. He was... Like devastated because he damaged his car pretty bad. Mm. We couldn't – we actually had to get it towed back. It was bugging. You know, I don't think the airbags went off because we ended up fixing it. Yeah. Um, But I remember uh, in the car with him on the way home and he was on the phone to his wife at the time, Donna, and she was absolutely giving a roasting. It's like, <laughs> how irresponsible are you? You just, you know. Oh, no. It was crazy. Um, but we ended up fixing the car. So my, my dad fixed it at work. We painted, We got new bumpers, painted, fixed it ourselves because we were so worried about what Holden would think if we, you know. Gave
0: her back a smashed car. Yeah, it because
1: didn't... my uncle hadn't told him what we were doing. <laughs>
2: So. They
0: found out now,
1: but we <laughs> held don't exist anymore, so happy days. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that was quite funny. We look yeah, like now, Grant. like not now, but it was I remember it taking months to get this thing fixed because we were doing it after work, after, after... Did he come and help? He did. Yeah, he, yeah I thought he would. But it you know perfect. Grant, he doesn't know what to do. No, no, no but Moral not support. Not mechanically Moral minded. support. Moral no.
0: support. There we go. We got that story in because <laughs> I, I thought we would get that story in. We're nearly done. A couple of quick ones before we go. National Motor Racing Museum couch racer question. So the museum up at Bathurst, a lot of people know that I'll tell them this. It's closed on Tuesdays. Don't go on Tuesdays because if you stand there at the door, it will not open. (laughs) Sometimes they're there moving stuff around and setting up new exhibitions but Tuesday not open, other days open. But check the website, um, the museum's Bathurst website or the National Motor Racing Museum Facebook page for details. One day you might have a car in there. Mm, You might have a suit. You might have... Something on display there, you never know. Corey State is our resident food critic. What's your favorite Italian dish?
1: Well, it's very ch- appropriate, it's question. changed over the years. What's it right now? Uh, I would say pizza, mm. homemade. Uh, I love, yep, yeah, yep, homemade uh, toppings. Well, I do have pineapple on a pizza, nothing but, wrong with that. I'm good with it. Uh, but generally, like you know, Capitura, so something like that with olives and you know, a bit of ham or prosciutto, but I'm actually gluten-free now. What? Oh, my God. Is, is this like a must-do health thing or a – It is. Right. So it's like my chiropractor of all people has told me to go gluten-free mm-hmm. to, to keep down some inflammation in my body. Right. So – and it, it, earlier in the year I was having some issues, so I'm like just listen to him, yep, no dramas. I don't know whether it was his treatment uh, or the the gluten – Lack of gluten, but anyway, it fixed itself. So right. now when I have pizza, I've got to have it on a bloody gluten free base and it's shit. <laughs> so I would say now <laughs> sneak one every now and then. Uh, yeah, exactly. You'd be okay. You'd be exactly. Okay. I would say now, probably homemade pasta. But you can do gluten free with that. Right, yeah. That'll yeah. be fine. That'll yeah. be fine. Uh, Matt's question, what's
0: the highlight of your trip to Bahrain with Rod Nash Racing in 2007? <laughs> is there a proper answer here or is this going to get you in trouble? Or? No, he, said,
1: he told me he was going to say this actually. Right, okay. So He just wanted a shout out.
0: Oh, is that all, all Yeah, s- hey Maddie. There was no highlight
1: to your trip? Ah, uh, Look, we, we did a bit of sightseeing. Right. Uh, I can't remember if there was any nights out. It was a long time ago now. I don't, mm. know how, I don't know how some people remember this stuff, honestly.
0: I do struggle with what year was what, but luckily I've got a lot of stuff written down, whether it's the stats of races or it's the histories of cars or things like that. Yeah, but some years do blend into others. Yeah, there, the there was
1: there was a few things, but, uh, yeah, probably not for the audience.
0: Righto. Think. Okay. I had a feeling you'd say that. <laughs> uh, Lachlan Kemp, I like this question. What felt better, winning the Super 2 title or the TCR title? All well, same. As we talked about in part one, similar sort of scenarios.
1: Look, I think it it was quite similar. I I think uh, probably the Super 2 was uh, more memorable because I did it as a a family and a group but then I also was really proud of what I achieved in TCR Mm. as doing it myself,
0: you know. Got to pick one. I feel like there's some fence sitting here going on.
1: I would say right now because it's – Soon, like it's it's only just happened more recent, I would say TCR. It's
0: fresh. Fair point. Fair point. Uh Johnny Hutchins, he's from the beginning, nineteen ninety seven Cadet twelve Victorian Carter of the Year. Is that you? I don't know. Really? You don't remember winning that?
2: Maybe. huh
0: Who were some of your rivals in karting? Any of them go on to bigger and better stuff? Who who was in your sort of karting class of
1: uh way back when? Who was your big karting rival? Uh, probably Jace Lindstrom. Mm-hmm. He's doing, he, still, he runs his own karting business now. He didn't quite um, progress. But I um, was like with Slady, um, Royal Harris. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. my God, that guy was so aggressive in a go-kart. <laughs> so aggressive. His thing always would have panels hanging off the thing. <laughs> uh, Andrew Thompson. Tomo, yeah, yep. we used to go hammer and tong. Shane Price, mm-hmm. who drove with you at yeah uh, Bathurst, what was it twenty ten? Yep. yep, he was a very good go carter. Yep, very very Dave Reynolds, um, who drove for
0: TDR in development he did series actually, in 'oh eight
1: in your championship winning car. He and did finished fourth from memory. Was a purple pig? Uh, yeah, it's an on uh, time. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I was sort of around a lot of those guys, but like a Winkup or a Dave O, they were always a bit older than me. Mm got a great photo which i'll share with you we'll put it on socials yes let's do that and there's a photo of me following uh will davidson at ipswich raceway and mm-hmm. it was in like um it's like junior Intercontinental, delay i think it was and um it was a round of the championship and will had come in for like one race and with the tony card and all the flash gear painted helmet you know like will is you know the professional and there's a photo of me behind him with my black helmet on like you can old barely panels, the like one, <laughs> it was just the most amateur uh, effort ever. <laughs> and I remember in one of the races I was ahead of him and I dropped a wheel coming on the back straight and basically off the bitumen was gravel. And I've dropped a wheel and I've sprayed his helmet with gravel. Oh, no. And I've chipped his helmet. Oh, you mongrel. So he wasn't upset that I'd beat him. He was He's upset that I chipped helmet. his helmet <laughs> and he actually he came up and told me about it. Um, but I've got a great photo there of me just, you know, hanging on to the thing and Will we looking all professional in his Tony card and all his gear.
0: In his Tony card. Like, was it wasn't your card. It wasn't. It was, no, so was card. Yeah, exactly. For those who might not know about carding, <laughs> let's clarify that just a little bit. couple more. John Alford, is you being on this podcast considered cheating on Grant? <laughs> Of course, remember you were part of the original Parked Up Plus team alongside the great man. Um, Do
1: you consider this cheating? No, I I consider this a step up, big time. (laughs) I said you're going to say it was
0: complimentary to the relationship.
1: No, this is a privilege to be on. Uh, Parked Up was a a grind; it was (laughs) absolute grind. No, like it it was, it was a great thing to do during COVID, and I'll, I'll take credit for Parked Up. The name itself, was it was all
0: your that was my name. Parked up podcast.
1: No, Grant wanted to do a podcast, I come up with a name, but then like we did a because lot this of this was all during COVID, yeah. Wasn't it? That's well, where There was it nothing started. else to do, yeah, like, yeah. and what we're trying to do, what I was trying to do, is give my sponsors and all the people that follow me something to keep following while we couldn't go racing. Mm. And then once we got went racing again, I was like, okay, well, I can get out of here now. No, like, I'm too I'm busy. Yeah. I've
0: got stuff to do. <laughs> got work to do. Uh, Paul the Dude Morris on oh, wow. Instagram from the Dude, 2014 Bathurst 1000 winner. Do you have a Honda road car? I do. What do you have? I've got a Civic. Type R? Yeah. No, not a Type R. Oh, right. No. Just a base model.
1: Well, the, the Civic now at like the I'm new giving you a one. chance
0: here to do a Honda plug.
1: So. Yeah, the new one. So there's only one. Uh, model of the Civic other than the Type R. Right. Whereas before there was like, you know, the basement or whatever. Yeah. Beautiful car. My wife actually drives it most of the time.
0: Right. Okay. But you've got one. That's good. That's good. Dale Wood. Oh, dear. Did you enjoy the full moon party in Thailand with me? (laughs) Is there a story we're allowed to tell here or
1: what's, you know, full moon parties in Thailand sound a little loose to me. It was quite loose but we weren't actually that loose. So... Have you been to a full moon party? No, but I've heard about them. So they are wild, right? Mm. And we get there. So we were on holidays. So myself, Dale, his partner Jess, Steph, my wife, we all went on a little holiday together. And we're having a lot of fun. I got like uh, food poisoning the first day. Food poisoning? I really did. Right, okay, just checking. I I, I can tell you this story. So we went for dinner on the first night. And Steph said to me, don't order anything that you can't, you wouldn't be able to see on the island, right? Mm -hmm. So I ordered a duck curry. And you're thinking you can see ducks on this island? I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. But it was delicious. Anyway, I was as crook as a dog. Until later on. Absolutely wiped me out for two or three days. Yep. Anyway, so I sort of recover from that. Then we go on this full moon party. And we get there and it's... Wild, it's raining, it's just full on. Like, I just it's on the beach, yeah, you know, I, I couldn't get into it, like, it was just too much for me. So then we decided, right, <laughs> we'll try and get home. And what they do is they have boats going back to the shore, like, we back to the main island every hour or whatever. But the line was so long because everyone was wanting to get home, it was raining and just crappy conditions. We're like, right, how else can we get home? So Dale, like, oh, his, where's this going? He goes and approaches like some little privateer dude with his little tinny. Privateer. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like- a to team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's got this, this little tinny boat with a little engine that's going a million miles an hour trying to get him get us back across. And we had to convince him to actually let us, to you know, to take us back.
0: Do you have to get your wallet out for
1: this? Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Anyway, it was so scary because the waves were so big and we're in this little boat. And what happens is people get injured because there's no lights or anything oh, and Kelsey they get wiped out by the bigger boats. Yeah. So I'm thinking to myself, if my family knew what I was doing right now, they would kill me,
0: mm. absolutely kill me. This is not in
1: the how to have a tourist holiday. Here. No, and I'm so like conservative with that sort of stuff, like safety, I don't, I don't go on big rides and all that sort mm. of stuff. Even though I'm a, I'm a racing driver, which requires me taking risks, my everyday life I don't. Mm. So we're on this boat and I was holding on that hard that when we got to the other end, my I could barely like pull my fingers off. <laughs> they were just like cramped. And everyone was laughing at me because I was so scared. And you know, Dale still takes the piss out of me today.
0: And so therefore the answer to the question, did you enjoy the full moon party no, is
1: absolutely not.
0: Okay, I figured that was but, what we're to say. But
1: when you think back on it now, good times. But
0: then again, as we learnt on the pod with Dale a little while ago, you haven't had any employees um, wallpaper your you know, <laughs> toilet or shower at work with, with you crying dare. on
1: national television. They, I haven't cried on national te- television just yet. Eighth, they wouldn't Mathist,
0: dare. I reckon you're allowed to have a tear. I reckon yeah. you're allowed to. But I don't think they dare wallpaper the bathroom no. at, at your office, that's no. for sure. Top ten shootout. You've done a few in your time. Um, it's the way we finish these pods. Give me the first word that comes into your head. You can say one or two words if it sort of fleshes it out, but try to go with one word. You can't repeat anything. Okay. Okay. What's the first thing that comes into your mind when I say Fabian Coulthard? Eyes. Eyes.
1: Not hair? No, I don't, I don't know. I the think, the, I the think, eyes are I think the girls go dreamy. for the eyes.
0: Very dreamy. Very dreamy. Roger Pensky.
1: Absolute professional.
0: So professional. Professional. Let's try to get the one word. We're going sorry, okay. Sorry. TCR.
1: Oh, expensive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Another word? Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's all I got. Yeah, fair enough. Dawood. Character? Lamborghini Huracan. Uh, red. Thought you might say that. Tony Oliuzzi.
1: Um, Chick Magnet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: If you put a um, if you put a dash in there, that's one word. Uh, a hyphen, I mean. Grant Rolly,
1: oh, hopeless.
0: <laughs> Come on, now that's rough. Development series,
1: mm. champion. No, nah, see, I don't even think like that. <sighs> I don't even think like you that. I, I literally was thinking like you know, Stepping Stone or something there you go. like that's that.
0: That's all you had to say. Yeah, 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 there you go. Stepping Stone's good. Two to go. Bathurst. Uh, just the pinnacle, pinnacle. There you go. Last one, Aldo Alberto, boss. <laughs> I was interested. Is it boss or daddy's gone for boss? Fair Definitely, call. Boss. well played, well played. TD, thank you for sitting down with us. We've loved having you on the V8 Sleuth Podcast. Uh, good luck for the rest of the year in the TCR series in that little. Honda Civic Type R, and of course for the big ones at Sandown and Bathurst later in the year. I know we've covered a lot of ground, we've talked about a lot of years and a lot of races and cars and deals and a few loose stories along the way. Uh, but I reckon you have got a few more chapters left in you before you close that book. And you're a, you're a full time pod man. So, yeah. uh, and I'm not talking about podcasts. I'm talking about yeah, yeah building pods, pods building, yeah, building yeah. pods. You know what I mean? Anyway, good to have you on the pod. Uh, thanks for sitting down. We'll, we'll see you soon.
1: Absolute pleasure, mate. Thanks for having me.
0: There you go, Tony Delberto on the V8 Salute podcast, a really engaging, informative chat. I thoroughly enjoyed sitting down with him, well, right here, where I'm recording this right now. I was sitting in this chair. He was sitting in the chair on the other side of the table. Uh, thanks so much to TD for coming into V8 Salute headquarters to talk through his motorsport career. I really appreciate it when our guests uh, have the time to come on in and sit down. It's really great. Now, while... TD's a long-time Holden man and these days a Honda Pilot. Uh, His time at the wheel of an ex-FPR Falcon is a nice little segue into the next episode of our pod with the long-time team principal of that team, which is now known as Tickford Racing, Tim Edwards. On part one next week, we hone in on his amazing career overseas, British Formula 3 and the nude Mikasalo season launch in a sauna in Finland. True story, and of course his decade-plus run with Jordan in Formula One, from starting up in 1991 to challenging for the world championship less than a decade later. Tim was in great form. You're going to love his stories, appreciate his insights. He also talks about that dark weekend of F1 in Imola, 1994. It's part one of a two-part chat. Part two that will follow uh, is all about his time at FPR Tickford and, of course, Prodrive, which was called in the middle of that run. Right, I hope you enjoyed this episode. In the meantime. Go through the back catalogue, have a listen to some of our previous episodes, and I'll be back next week with the V8 podcast. Chat with you then. Pack the Easter eggs. It's nearly time for the high-tech oils Bathurst 6-hour. The biggest production car race in the land heads to the mountain. Easter weekend, March 29 to 31. There's over 60 cars, yes, 60 cars, entered in the main race. A pile of support categories, three big days of on-track action. Adult three-day passes are 50 bucks. Single-day tickets even cheaper. It's the perfect way to spend your Easter weekend. For more info,
2: visit bathysixhour.com.au.